So welcome. We have a we have a rare a rare October Millie Billies uh, update um, with my my man Andrew Geller, the Guilds, and uh, my partner on many teams, Andrew Schellenberg. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. I'm doing great. Guys. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to get it going. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So back in the district, it's uh, we. I did a waiver wire show earlier today, and uh, this is one that's been a long time coming. Um, I've drafted a bunch of teams with Andrew Schellenberg. Anybody who watches the Go District knows uh, that we partner up a lot. Um, but this year, we had the opportunity to partner up with our friend Andrew Geller. You you know him if you're if you're watching this show, you're an FFPC player or an NFFC player. You know him as the Guilds. Highly successful uh, fantasy football player, active guy on Twitter, uh, Draft Sharks Invitational guy. Uh, everybody knows who you are in the football field, but you are also a big-time, big-time fantasy baseball player in the high-stakes streets. And, Andrew, why don't you tell everybody about the sweat you're going through right now? Because we're lucky to have Andrew here. <laughs> this is the right time to have him. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love watching him look distracted this entire podcast. This no, is, I, this is I appreciate it. It kind of gives me like, uh, you know, something else to keep my mind off of what's going on right now. But yeah, right now I'm in the in the hunt for uh, it's the NFBC online championship, which is uh, 150k up top, and I'm sitting in first right now. So we got games going on. The standings are, are moving up and down. You know, I can't lose any more hair. So, I mean, that, that's a positive. <laughs> but, um, that's it. We got tonight and then tomorrow. And that's it. And it's, it's a wrap. So, uh, I'm sitting around 250 points ahead of second right now. So, that could change fast, though, in, in baseball. So, it's kind of just kind of watch, watch and uh, just hope, just pray. Yeah. Give the analogy you gave Andrew and I for, yeah. for what you consider that lead to be like for uh, if, if, if Andrew and I were, you know, leading an NFFC or an FFPC, how much would we be ahead based on what you're ahead right now? Yeah, I would think going into like the final weekend in one of these tourneys, your team's up like 80, 90 points over the whole field, right? Where if you put like 130 up, 120 points, it probably ice it, but you still got that chance of someone, you know, 10 spots back, putting up 200 burger and 
you're sweating there on Sunday and Monday night. And so I would say seven out of 10 right now is probably my confidence level. But I think this time tomorrow, I'll know for sure, you know, if that's a 10 out of 10 or I'm fucked. Yeah. So you, you basically, you, 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 you know, to put it for our degenerate gambler listeners out there, it would be like having an eight team parlay and seven have hit, except you have like a minus 300 going tomorrow night and, and you need, uh, you know, Florida state to cover against Duke is minus 300 or something like that. So yeah, that's a lot better than my analogy too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to get, <laughs> get all the analogies in there. I mean, um, it's, it's a healthy lead, but it's not one where you can put your feet up at all yet. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I told you, I think that seven's about your caps. So like you said, seven out of 10, but I think you're like seven out of seven. Like, I don't think that your, your max confidence can even get to 10 yet. So uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're doing great at a seven. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. How many, Bryce, uh, how many entries Bryce, were in the, yeah. in the 350 uh, for the – so it's basically the same as the – it's called the Rotowire Online Championship, the same as the 350 football competition that Billy Wazowski took down last year. Yep. Uh, baseball, they get even bigger numbers, I believe, don't they? Yeah, so for this 2388, 2,388 teams are in this. And it's straight Roto, so whoever's most points at the end – takes it down yeah. and then prizes go down from there. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of just uh, the end game is like no other in fantasy baseball. It's just a grind and six months of just blood, sweat and tears. Uh, it's, it's a lot like right now I'm just praying it ends and then I could yeah. focus on, focus on fantasy football and just the waivers. That That's like a dream yeah. right now. You're, 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 you're dreaming to get in the Wednesday waivers. So Bryce Bryce Elder did horrible for you yesterday for the Braves. Yeah. Who who are we rooting for tonight and tomorrow? Who are some of the main stars that we got to keep in our minds? If, if well, you're, uh, I got I got guilt. one one bullet left. It's Sean Manaya, who's I think he's starting to pitch right now at nine thirty first pitch. As long as he doesn't get smoked, knock on wood. <laughs> like I don't even want to look at the game, but uh, I had Rodone, but he's his agent Scott Borders said he he shouldn't pitch anymore, so he's not going to throw tonight. Oh shit. But I think that could be a good thing too, because teams behind me need Rodone a lot more than I do. So it's kind of a it's kind of a wash, if you will. Okay. But okay. As long as Manaya goes out there, it gives me five two earned runs, you know, nothing too crazy. I'll take that. Yeah. Nice. And and uh a shout out to uh Frank Laprade in the in the chat. Frank is absolutely having a great season in football. Um, yeah. more cowbell if you're if you're going up against uh him in FFPC, his his team is more cowbell and uh he was spot on with Amon Rossi Brown. Uh, big hat tip to you with that one, Frank. Um, and he says that we need a sweat show with Andrew tomorrow. So if there's anyone watching that has any connection to any film crews in central or south New Jersey or anybody wants to come up from the Philly area, uh, didn't follow Andrew around with like a camera tomorrow Well, we sweat it out, that could be some some very good, good uh, documentary footage. But yeah, that's amazing. You're you're up there. It's I know you put a lot of work into the baseball, um, and I think it's amazing when guys do really well in two sports. Um, you know, a friend of our show, uh, Matt Matt Modica. Um, I know you do well. Uh, Vlad Selder does very well. Um, there's a number of other guys that are that that you know participate in both, and I think that's just such a grind where you're doing all these Sunday waivers. And then you've got to turn around and, and get yourself right for drafting football. And you're basically doing waivers and drafting consecutively and setting lineups. And then you get to 
Um, then you get to this time of the year and you're having to grind through football waivers and baseball waivers. Yeah. Um, which, which what is harder doing the Sunday baseball waivers or doing the Wednesday waivers um, for where it's, yeah. uh, it's been a, on a weekday baseball for sure. Yeah. Baseball's it's a whole different animal. I mean, I, you can't put in vol. I mean, some people do put volume in like they do football, but you know, I'm not a huge volume guy in baseball. So it's, you know, I've been doing this the last few years, just a minimal number of teams. Um, but I, I would say like one roto team in baseball is probably like four or five football teams in terms of waiver wire work. So um, yeah, imagine having, you know, I don't know, 40, well, you, you guys do have that, but 40, 40, 50 football teams is probably like 10 or, you know, 15 yeah. baseball teams. So it's just different animals, but uh, yeah, the month of September when they overlap the two sports, that's when it's brutal. It hits the fan. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe we had time to make it out to Vegas this year. Yeah, that was intense. But at that time I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty high up near the top, but I wasn't, you know, closing in on a leaderboard, but yeah, no, it's not easy. Um, sometimes I even ask myself, I'm like, you know, why are you, you know, why do you do this to yourself? But uh, <laughs> well, you do this to yourself because you're very good at it and yeah, you're right. also going to take down a lot of money um, potentially this year too. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you had a Scott Boris uh, story today. What was, what was going on with that? So I had Rodone as one of my pitchers. Uh, and there was a blurb that came out yesterday that his agent, Scott Boris came out and said he shouldn't pitch because he reached his innings limit. So this is his agent saying that. Um, and he was already locked in my lineup. So there was nothing I could do. Um, and that's exactly what happens. He was supposed to pitch tonight. So I had him going against Manaya. So I figured, you know, good case, you know, good chance I get one win at least. And, you know, maybe, you know, get some good ratios. But he's done. His agent said no more. The team listened and, and that's it. So he's in a lot of lineups right now and people are going to zero. But at this stage of the tourney, there's a lot of zeros in a lot of these lineups. Just just the nature of the game. Players are getting pulled. Uh, pitchers are getting pulled, you know, ending the season. They don't want to risk injury. So. It's kind of like just a, a crapshoot these last few days, and you just kind of hope that you, you know, you're on top at the end, essentially. Well, we, we wish you nothing but the best of luck and, and a ton of respect. Um, I know a lot of a lot of high stakes football people are really really pulling for you now, in, including um, Nick Costantino from Go Bills, who's in the chat, who says the fantasy baseball grind is so much harder than football. Um, I'll take your word for it, Nick. I'm uh, I I got enough fab to do uh, in in one sport, but uh, that's that's just awesome. So, yeah, and on that note, even and Frank earlier too, I, I get so many people are DMing me, just you know, take it down. Good luck, you know, all these well wishes. So, I appreciate all the support from you know, not just baseball, but from the football community too. So, it's interesting to see you know everyone comes out and, and shows their support. So, definitely, yeah, appreciative. Yeah, no, it's if, awesome. you're not, if you're not rooting for the Guilds to win, I I wish gonorrhea upon upon you. So. Yeah. More of that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Shelly. I appreciate that. Yeah, abs it's, it's, absolutely, it's guilds or get the fuck out for me right now. Yes. In the, in the, oh in man, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely uh, a lot of respect for you doing that, and um, we hope you close it out really, really well. But we are not here to talk all baseball. This is not a baseball podcast. We are a fantasy football podcast, and we had an opportunity to split a main event team this year. I really wish we would have done three together. Because our our one team right now is not going so well. We we it's it's a it's a kind of a it's like a it's like a number of things kind of piling on on each other. 
Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm watching you intro this team. I just, I, I love this. This team stinks so much, and we loved it. But go, yeah, you keep going. Sorry for interrupting. Please. So we, so we, will basically go through, go through the team now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add the, uh, add the draft to the screen. <laughs> it it looked great about. on, it looked great on paper, right? Oh, we mean, love this team. We, we just kept texting team. each other that this is this team Fox. This team's great. This is like auto champ, and this team is off the rails. This so well, we, I mean we we, we missed. We had a we number of almost every player here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so the we we start. This was a slow draft. Obviously, we did a slow draft because yeah. there's three of us. It's difficult to do a three per three headed live draft. So again, hat tip to to go Bills on doing that. Um, but we we took DeAndre Swift at the eleven at the number eleven pick. I think that was a pick that you know we had. We were unfortunate with injuries. I think he looked great, and we yeah. got Jamal Williams. So that pick was not the problem. Devonte Adams has been mixed. Um, you know, we we he's been mixed. Can we can we say that? Like, but also, but also not the problem either. Because I think, yeah. and let's like, I mean, let's pause on each of these picks because I, I kind of remember um, most of them. I think the only questions there, we really went back and forth, and we were using Mojo. Right? I think Pitts was an option. I think Ceedee Lamb was an option. And I think what we came down to was the the unique combinations of players, but then ended up opting for. For Adams, for you know, you know, again, uh, player in his prime, um, you know, hoping for that, you know, the continued breakout as as a, you know, opposed to an age cliff. And I, I don't think he's age cliff at all. I just think that Raiders team is a little bit weirder than we expected. Um, but I, I don't think that we can begrudge the pick because I think the only one of the three that we were considering that would have been a clear smash was the CD Lamb. He's looked good, but I mean, had we taken Pitts there, we're we're ha- we're hating life even more, perhaps. If we take if we take pits there, we're not even having this podcast. We're hiding. <laughs> so we, we we have the podcast four weeks ago. We're not having it now. That's for damn sure. One hundred percent. We would have been very excited at our John yeah. Swift Pitts team a couple weeks ago. Especially, we would have like patted ourselves on the back for taking him over Mark Andrews. How sharp are we? We're gonna go with the up the unknown upside. But at the end of the day, we did consider pits there. To show you just you know how how much we hate Arthur Smith at this point of the year, um, but again like you you bring up CD Lamb, CD Lamb is getting a ton of targets right now. Do we anticipate CD Lamb maintaining this target share that he's seen with Cooper Rush like the last two weeks? Um, when when you factor in Michael Gallup coming back, you factor in Dalton Schultz now there and Dak Prescott coming back. Do you guys think that that's going to continue? I think I think he's look good. Yeah, I think, I think he looks yeah. great. I think he looks, I think he looks good. good. Yeah, I think he's uh, yeah. You're gonna look up in the year. He's gonna be like wide receiver four or five, something oh. like that. Yeah. So I would I would probably take him ahead of Devontae Adams if we were redrafting today. Yeah. But I don't think it's that. I don't think it's. I don't think they're gonna be that far off. I think like that's a that could go either way. I think that might come down to like you know, touchdowns and, and yeah. uh, smash games. I think they're both going to be right there. Where where we started to have issues is when we get to the third round. We took George Kittle um, where we, we were happy to get Kittle. We talked about potentially going with a wide receiver, um, but Kittle, Waller had gone. We went George Kittle. How disappointed are we right now in, in the kind of the, the, the chain of events here? It's really it's actually unbelievable. It's Trent Williams, it's not it's not the quarterback play. To me, it's Trent Williams goes down. 
And Kyle Shanahan says, I have this amazing blocker, and now I'm going to use George Kittle to chip on every single play, and I'm going to not target him, but I'm going to be successful because he's such a mauler of a blocker. I mean, how fucked is this situation? I don't usually curse on the goat, <laughs> but I'm really cursing now because Kyle Shanahan and Arthur Smith, I'm having to talk about both these guys tonight. Can we talk right. about George Kittle here? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Before you do, All George, right. can, can we just explain the situation? That we just needed 15 fucking points out of Kittle and Ayuk last night to win a matchup. And look, we, we're we're two and two, so all is not totally totally lost. But our points are low. No, I we think we're just, one and three. Actually. We're one and three. We're so bad. Okay, one and three. <laughs> look, we just needed 15 out of Kittle and Ayuk, and, yes. and it's just unreal that we can't get 15 out of those guys. Okay, so now we can talk about Kittle. I just want to make sure I explain the situation of Monday Night Football, our sweat last night, and how we were about to pod. That, it, yeah, the day so, when, when, when they had the, the touchdown where Kittle couldn't drag a foot, like, <laughs> let's talk about that. Because, like, you know, I'm giving Kittle the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But George Kittle last week had, like, four catches. This week he has, I believe, two, he ended up with two catches for 25 yeah, yards. I, I think it ended up being two. Two so for 23 or something. He had an opportunity to catch a touchdown pass, and he couldn't drag a foot. Like – I, to me, George Kittle usually makes that catch. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think he also maybe has lost a lot. Um, you know, the well, guys. I was going to say, I mean, he hasn't been an elite option since, no. what, 2018, 2019? I mean, it's been some time. I feel like we're living on, he's living off his name value, and that's yeah, why he, he's getting overdrafted every year, seemingly. But, uh, you know, I took him too with Mike P in one of our drafts. Um, and one of our mains is not doing so hot either. In the fourth round, I texted him last night. I'm like, Mike, I said, we took an offensive lineman in round four. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, that's the case. Shout out to Joe King. If we had Gerald Everett, we would, I think we would do the same thing. I mean, I, oh, I think that, like Gerald Everett has looked better oh. and they use Gerald Everett. Um, we had some You're taking Higby over Kittle the rest of the season, right? Not even thinking twice on that. Right. It's oh Theo hesitated. Maybe not. Okay. I mean, maybe not for the season, but I definitely would start him next week. I need to see something different. Yeah, yeah. Like he got 14 uh, targets last night. <laughs> so then it gets it gets it gets we get very excited because at this I'm point jaded, in the year, Travis, Travis Etienne had like basically if he was a stock, he peaked in like the mid-second, but then there was a correction. James Robinson looked like he was coming back. He Travis Etienne ended up dropping to the fourth round. I think the lowest we saw him go in a main was maybe like 410. We took him here at the 402. Um, I still have some hopes for Travis Etienne. I know Andrew does as well. Me too. Um, I'm not giving up. I know a lot of people, it's very, you know, I'm sure people are going to pan us um, for listening to this. But at the end of the day, it's like James Robinson, I don't think will hold up for the year. I think we'll have some weeks of Travis Etienne. I don't like the fact that Jamichael Hasty mix in, mixes in now. But I think that they'll that if Robinson were to miss some time, ETN could end up being you know like a RB you know fifteen or higher type guy. I believe in his talent, but it's a very frustrating pick, and I think it's very frustrating because we we like drafting for unknown upside, and I think the two running backs that unknown upside drafters were were drafting at the running back position were Javante Williams and Travis ETN. Um, so to me, it's just a very frustrating where you read it and it doesn't go your way 
but I will continue to bet on younger guys that I think are talented and have receiving upside. What are your guys' thoughts on ETN? So I think similar to you, Theo, I think, you know, for now, I don't think you could start him right now at this point, but I do see like, if you're lucky enough to advance into the champ round or something, and, you know, I could see him being a fixture in lineups in the postseason for sure. Um, I was just going to say, looking at this report, I mean, look how many busts there are in the top four rounds. I mean, isn't it? There's so many. There's never been more busts in fantasy than ever this year. I feel like early on. I mean, it's just littered with landmine after landmine. It's, it's just crazy. What, yeah. So, it's, so it's, let's uh, and maybe we can maybe go back to ETN. I don't really care. Not fucking killing. You're the Jack, Jacksonville like, guy. What? We well, to you. I, I, I think I think I said on the tailgate that I I'm still in on ETN. I think I I probably I, I don't think he was the start this week when the, the way the point sh- shook out. But I'm I'm encouraged by how some of the game script flipped a little bit with ETN without out touching James Robinson this week. And I re- I re- I really do think that watching every single snap of the Jaguars, he looks like by far the faster player. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that James Robinson run in week three, right, where he hit the fourth and one, the 50-yard touchdown. Like, I think that ETN hits that just the same if he's in during that play. So, like, I, I'm, I'm discouraged by how much James Robinson is used to begin with, but I am encouraged by how fast ETN looks. And I think – I think this is the way the Jaguar games are going to go from, you know, from here on out. I think it's going to be friendly towards ETN. And Hey, look with our shit team, maybe we're just, maybe we're starting and maybe we're not, but yeah, I agree with Gilds with what you said. Like if you let can me, somehow sneak them in with a better team. Yeah. I'll pose this to both of you. Do we need, you need a James Robinson injury for ETN to hit his ceiling. Though, right. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Which yes. I think is, I think is something like that. I don't know if it's going to be a major injury, but I think just the with the longer season and the workload he's receiving weeks, yeah. and the fact he's, you know, a few weeks here or there, I think there's also a scenario where Robinson misses a few weeks, ETN gets his opportunity, runs with it, and it's a split committee with ETN getting a lot more receiving work, and we could get some starts out of ETN where he's being utilized like we think he can as a receiver. So, again, it's very frustrating with the ETN pick. And then – we have don't, don't, don't move don't move on yet, Theo. To, to round okay, no, five. Go ahead. Talk as long as you want about this one. Let's talk. No, it no, out. no, no. I'm off, I'm off of ETN because I, I don't want to. I don't want to totally like just bemoan every pick that we made. But like going back to the uh, point that Guilds you were making, three eleven four two. Like, what would we have conceivably done differently? Like, I I can't. I, this is one where we I can't remember. Josh Allen. We what? should have just taken Josh Allen with one of those two picks. I mean, and it, in, the case, in hindsight. But I don't even think we had other considerations. Like I don't even Jalen know. Waddle was a consideration. Did you we throw out Waddle? You you talked about Jalen Waddle. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. I was I was I was I was setting you up to give me the compliment for the Waddle thing. Yes. But no, no I, I I okay fine Waddle. But like I don't think that we would have done Waddle and somebody else at. Okay. Even if we go Waddle over Kittle, even at four two, I think that we're like holy shit. We got either Kittle or Etn at four oh two. Like we're gonna end up with at least one of those two players, again, if we're redrafting without the benefit of hindsight. So, Andrew, me and you, our initial reaction is usually to go here or RB. We would have been – if we would have gone away from the Kittle pick and the ETN pick and just gone wide receiver, wide receiver. Williams, Waddle. Williams, Waddle. And we would have yeah, – I mean, That's probably what it would have been. Waddell, like, you know, our life would be a lot easier. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that what's what I think will change, and we, this is kind of like the, it's really off topic, but I, I, I kind of I've posed this to a couple people um, on pods lately. Uh, Davis Maddock talked about this a little bit the other day. It was a really really nice conversation we had. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson are in like a tier of their own. It is a five or five point or more drop between QB three and QB four right now. Do you guys think when we're sitting down next year in Vegas and drafting, do you think people are going to value the truly elite quarterback a little bit more? Because I think that's kind of where we're heading, um, where it's kind of like, you know, a lot of, I'll say sharp drafters and sharp money did not like to take the first quarterback off the board. But if you just have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Jalen Hurts, your, your teams are doing well. Um, you can make mistakes at other places if you if you hit them, and I think that we might be seeing like a like a throwback era where these top quarterbacks might start going a little bit higher. Like I'm talking about like third round Josh Allen if he continues to smash. Well, I, first off, I totally agree, and and I think this year especially that the quarterbacks are dropping too far. Um, I even tweeted you know something the other day where I said you know the top five quarterbacks drafted are like the top five quarterbacks in fantasy right now. It's like. Yeah. And then it falls off a cliff. Um, you know, I was trying to leave drafts with, you know, whatever that sixth, seventh round quarterback, whether it was Lamar, Kyler, or Hurts. I wanted one of those second tier elite quarterbacks. Um, and that's, you're kind of seeing that bear out early on here. But yeah, to your point, I think quarterbacks will rise and I think they should rise next year. So yeah, you're going to see second round Josh Allen next year. Lamar's going to be right there again. You know, these guys put up 40 points any week. It's like, you know, you could have Kirk Cousins, you know, I'll draft the guy giving me four, a 40 burger on Sunday. So, yeah, well, I think it's, they're worth it. It's I think that it's the people are very, very good at analyzing the quarterback position. We talk about all these busts at ADP, but you don't really see the quarterback bus. I guess you could say Kyler Murray. Like I have Kyler Murray on some teams. Kyler Murray has been fine. He's just not elevating you. He's not yeah. elevating you. But again, like people don't really, that's like the, the one position that people analyze extremely well is quarterback. Um, and I think that the market's kind of adjusted. You get these quarterbacks that have rushing ability and they're leading hypercharged offenses. So we see like Philly, Buffalo, um, you know, they're, they're, they're two, of the, two of the best offenses in, in the whole league and Baltimore. They all average to like 28 or more points. And they all like you know they're they're just loaded. So I don't know. I, I think I I think next year you have that, and then you also have a factor that this year's best running backs are all old as shit. Oh, so like zero RB next year is going to be a sight to behold. I'll, I'll say that it's going to be wild. I, I think I might be a zero RB guy even. No, you're going to love zigging when everyone's going like <laughs> or zagging when everyone's going on to the zero RB. Like this is. This is your time to shine now when everyone goes in on it. But on the, on the quarterback, so I'll say this too. I think it's dependent too a lot on the format, right? So we, we play the big tournaments, big yeah. fields. So in those championship rounds, you know what I mean? You have a Lamar, you have a Josh Allen. You have a leg up, I feel like, on the rest of the competition, right? You're going to get those 35, 40-point weeks where another team's going to have to start, you know, David Carr, uh, David Derek Carr, uh, or Cousins, or Stafford, or something like that. I mean, you have, you know, you, you have, to me, you got that guy in round six, seven, you know, you know, even later sometimes. So 
to me, that's a leg up on the competition. And, uh, you know, when you're playing for these overalls, you know, you want to have that kind of cheat code. And I feel like yeah. Lamar, Josh Allen are kind of that cheat code uh, for a lot of fantasy teams. So, Another player that has is going to beat his ADP, I think that the Tyreek Hill was undervalued here. Tyreek Hill has – there's yeah, like eight, yeah. eight teams in the NFL that Tyreek Hill has more combined receiving yards than their entire team. Um, Tyreek Hill has been such a smash player. And this draft we're in here, he goes at the the 211. I saw um, our friend Austin Martin, I think, is sitting on a Tyreek Hill like 308 share, something mm. gross. Um, Tyreek Hill, like that's another one, like a lesson learned. Why were people so hesitant to, to draft Tyree Kill this year? And, like, do you think the reasons were kind of stupid? Like, they gave him so much money. Um, and I do have one main event team where I took him at the 2-3 turn. So I, like, wasn't fully off of him, but I wish I had a lot more. Um, maybe talk about what his success will do moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people just thought – you know, they knew it was a special talent, but I feel like, they, you know, they thought Kansas City, the system and the offense was was a major part of that. And then Tua, everyone was kind of down on Tua before the season, rightfully so. So you kind of add those two components together. You know, Tyreek was just like, oh, I don't want to touch him, you know, in the middle second or, you know, early second. Uh, and even Vegas, I remember looking at props for, for Tyreek. It was very um, conservative. I feel like it was like 82 catches, like 1,000 yards was his over. So, you know, even Vegas was was pretty down on him going into the season. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he probably fell a little too far, but I think it was fair to have some skepticism going in with his new situation. All the new situation wide receivers seem to be smashing, like Tyree Kill beating his ADP. A.J. Brown is going to beat his ADP. And Hollywood Brown right now hmm. is wide receiver six overall. He's He's been – on an unbelievable tear. Nobody's even talking about Hollywood Brown. So right. like the only one that's on a new team that is really stinking it up is Allen Robinson, which wasn't a guy that we were really drafting anyway. Um, but I think like the takeaway for me is you see all the success for the rookie wide receivers and you see solid, all the success for the wide receivers on new teams. I think like the whole narrative that wide receivers don't do well on new teams it started getting crushed with the Stefan Diggs um, when he in 2019. Um, you saw a couple other wide receivers have success that year on new teams, and I think it's just completely out the window. I think that NFL offenses are good. They they figure out a, the smart coordinators figure out a way to put guys in spots where they're going to win, and I think like you can just plug and play guys. You even look at like Odell Beckham last year, where Beckham switched teams and he goes from like a a situation with a bad quarterback and a bad offense to a really good offense. And he had fantasy success. So I think that narrative is like one of the big takeaways for me this year. Like I'm not scared of, of any wide receiver in a new situation. And I think it's usually a beneficial situation because these guys oftentimes are, are picking their teams or the team traded a shitload to get the guy. So that's kind of like another big takeaway for me. Yeah, and I think it's such a passing league right now. It's like, that, to me, that doesn't matter. You know, teams are passing the ball, you know, at higher rates than ever. It's like, I thought you were going to say Devontae Adams because, you know, I don't know what the situation is there. I don't know if it's just Carr and, and the offense is kind of a mess as a whole, but 
um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised how little he's done uh, since that first week, I think it was. So. Yes, especially because the targets are open with, you know, Chef Renfro out. Yeah, it doesn't help. I don't get it. It's deeply depressing, Chef uh, Chef Renfro um, being out. That's my boy. Um, I don't have a whole lot of Chef, but I, I was pulling for him this year. But, like, Adams, I'm pulling up the the, – the, I mean, he's done nothing for, like, three weeks, I feel like, right? He had the big opener – or is that week two? And then he's right now, of... so right now he's 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 wide receiver eight in PPR. Okay. So he's it's like it's it not doesn't feel like it though, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel as impactful. But right now he's outscoring AJ Brown in PPR scoring. <laughs> he's outscoring Cortland Sutton. He's outscoring Christian Kirk. He's outscoring Jamar Chase, and he's outscoring CD Lamb. Do, so, do we think he's doing bad because he's attached to our shit team, and he's actually doing better than? That? <laughs> I think it's more. It's more like, <laughs> like you said, week week one was was really exciting and everything. Um, I think it's just it's not quite as as smashy. But again, like we we all talk about like the great success uh, that Hollywood Brown has had. We just talked about him, and Hollywood Brown has. 2.9 more points than Devontae Adams. So, like, I think just kind of hang in there, Devontae Adams uh, managers. Um, that Darren car Williams, scares me. That car car always scares me, man. There's just – people want to call him a lead or close – this guy, I don't trust Carr at all. You know, he'll look great one game and then he'll, he'll be terrible than that. I don't know. I'm not still, a car you're still out on Carr. You're calling him David Carr. I, I know, yeah. yeah you're, you're really putting the stink on yeah. him. I love it. I mean, he's solid, but there's just something that is missing with him, and especially in fantasy, right? It's like you can't count on him. You just can't. In in I have I have one Raiders. I had a the team just kind of fell this way. It was a Raiders stack team with Carr and Adams and uh, Waller, and the team is somehow three and one and oh, has wow. put up some decent points. I I have I hit on a couple other guys in, in that draft, but. Um, you're right. Carr doesn't elevate anybody fantasy wise. He's more of a fill in guy. And, um, he's, he's more of a, has always been more of a streamer. Um, so, but they, they have a big game this week against Kansas city. Uh, Adams will be on display, but again, we can't get too worried about, about wide receiver eight overall. Um, what's your guys take on, on Zach Wilson, um, being back with the jets. We had Elijah Moore last, last week had a big target share in the first half and then did pretty much nothing in the second half. He still saw his season high in yardage, but again, it was like 53 yards. It's been a, it's been very disappointing for Elijah Moore managers in both redraft and in dynasty. What's, what's your thoughts on him? And maybe you guys could both touch on, on Brees Hall as well when we're talking about these jets. Go ahead, shall we? Yeah, we. I mean, wheels up on Brees Hall. I, I just, I think that that I think, like, clearly his usage is way up. I liked, I mean, talking about zero RB teams. I liked Michael Carter in those first couple of weeks, right when they were getting the training wheels off of Brees Hall. Um, but I think that that's almost. I mean, I don't know if Michael Carter is going to be a complete zero because you know probably you know probably you know pretty successful as a passing down back, but. I just see as as the weeks wear on, it's pretty clearly to me going to be a Brees Hall backfield, and uh, we should be thankful for any, any of the fast starts that maybe a Michael Carter helped get some teams uh, off to. But you know, for those who invest in the Brees Hall in the fourth, fifth round, 
I think they're going to be rewarded. Uh, as it comes to the pass catchers, I think I'm going to be pretty patient. I think that, again, the way that we probably drafted our teams, Elijah Moore is maybe a, a fourth wide receiver, maybe Garrett Wilson, a fourth, fifth wide receiver on some of them. So I think that we've got some opportunities to wait. I, I don't really know. Like, it just, you know, I, I, I'd hate to hang my hat on. <laughs> yes, I love that Zach Wilson's back or like, no, I hate it. I'd rather Joe Flacco. I think either one of those takes is an absolute, like, you're ready to get burned uh, with whatever position you take. But I think what you can take away from it is like solace in the fact that there's clearly talent with Elijah Moore and there's clearly talent with Garrett Wilson. Just the question is whether you can time, you know, their explosion weeks or you get lucky when the uh, when the bye weeks pop up. So that's sort of my takeaway from it all is I, I think that once the bye weeks start, uh, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson will be uh, I think you'll be pretty happy with them as as, you know, wide receiver fours uh, or maybe even threes, just depending on the situation uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Andrew, your yeah. thoughts? I'm surprised. I'm, I'm probably more bullish than you are, especially Garrett Wilson. I, I would have no. thought you'd be a little more positive there. I mean, I, I think he's a, you know, in your lineups moving forward. To me, it's, you know, you saw it, you know, translate onto the field. He just pops when, when he's out there. So, yeah. you know, if Zach Wilson can just be, you know, somewhat efficient and he's got, he's, he's mobile, he's got the big arm. So, you know, I could see a lot of big, big weeks for, for both uh, Moore and, and uh, Wilson. And Wilson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's, I don't mean to brag situation, but I had a, you know, I started playing FFC a little bit more this year. And I, I had a, a silver bullet that's now it's absolutely dead because I had Javante Williams, but I was debating between Alave and Garrett Wilson as my wide, wide receiver four spot. And I put a, I put Alave in and I, I really struggled with that decision. I, I love, I love them both. Um, yeah. Maybe I was just more partial to, uh, to Alave's performance because I, I saw it kind of in a, on an island game on, uh, on Sunday. I love Alave. Yeah, um, we really should all try to refer to him as a Lav Bay. I want to get that <laughs> thing going. Bitcoin never really took off, but I think a Lav Bay could be could be the nickname that sticks. Um, I, Brees Hall is such a stud. I have uh, I have one dynasty team which is kind of like spinning its wheels in the middle of the league, and I'm trying to make an aggressive move of of sending Najee Harris plus to get Brees Hall because I think Brees Hall next year is going to be like we not to keep getting back to we're talking about this year, but like when we start projecting running backs that we think can get drafted very highly next year, I think Reese Hall will be one yeah, of them, especially definitely. with his receiving ability. I mean, he's such a good receiver and the jets recognize that right away, which is nice. And then to get back to your Carter take this past week, Carter saw like two targets. So yeah. he's kind of a, a handcuff for a lower level offense. Yeah. Um, Right now, Michael Carter, like if you can, if you're in a trading league and you can get something for Carter, like consider doing right. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I took a, I traded Brees, I, I traded Michael, Michael Carter for a 2023 second in a league, um, earlier this, this offseason. And I, okay. like the first couple of weeks of the year, I felt kind of dumb. I'm like, I could have been using him. I think that was a, that was a good trade for yeah, me. Definitely. Um, and then regarding Garrett Wilson, I'm, I'm with you. I think that, they he finally is running uh playing more snaps than Corey Davis um and running more routes so like he's gonna have smash games he's just too good a player not to um so I'm I'll give the Jets the benefit of the doubt L last week they got the win it was Pittsburgh um and that's a difficult team to play against Miami is still difficult to go against but it's a divisional game um I'll be looking for one of those wide receivers to maybe step it up 
I'm just very tired of seeing Corey Davis eat in garbage time. I'm like, I watch Corey Davis, <laughs> he gets these points, and it's always the fourth quarter, and it's always nonsense. And it, those points should be going to one of my guys, Wilson or, or more. So uh, I'm hoping for no no more Corey Davis points. That's kind of um, my goal there. Um, yeah, I was going to say, too, real quick on the backfield. I, you know, I was on the podcast with Balk, and I said I didn't think we'd see like a JT uh, kind of outcome for, for Hall. Um, but I'm starting to think, you know, the more you see him, obviously they're getting him more usage. You could see the, the talent disparity on the field. I mean, you know, I could see this as kind of like a JT Hines situation with the Jets, with yeah. Carter playing the Hines role, and, and Brees just smashes in the second half of the year. So, I mean, he's getting nice touches right now. So I can't imagine his role is going to diminish as we move along. So, um, yeah, to me, it's it, Brees Hall, you know, it's wheels up. Uh, Carter owners, you're, like you said, it's kind of like a handcuff, desperation flex, right? You don't feel good throwing him in there. Uh, but to me, Hall right now is RB2 every week. And then with his role growing, I think, you know, he could be in that RB1 conversation, you know, not too far away. So, And it was really like that was the argument for drafting him where you were going to draft him is, you know, you thought he'd be playing great football down the stretch. I'll say to me, the only thing that could bring Brees Hall down, it's the one X factor with younger running backs that are seeing a, a, a decent amount of touches is how they handle the NFL grind. Like, I think sometimes these guys break down when you don't want them to. Other times they just keep running with it and get better as the season goes, like we saw with Jonathan Taylor, like we saw with Miles Sanders his rookie year. Um, but Brees, Brees Hall, he's a stud. So um, I'm, I'm super bullish on him. Um, try to get him in as many dynasty leagues as possible. I want to give a quick shout-out to the chat. I'm not as good as, as JD on keeping these things going, but the chat is, is lit tonight. ML, Joe King – uh, 1912 Wheeler like, Wayne Ellis Rod, Wheeler Wayne Ellis. We have so we many mentioned Frank. Yeah. yeah, and Frank. We've we've a lot of people tuning in and a lot of people being active. So I'm going to get to um one question here. Uh, well, not really a question, but Wheeler says Hollywood is one of my guys. And again, I have a lot of Hollywood Brown as well. I have probably too much Hollywood Brown. I have them in in high stakes leagues. I have them in dynasty leagues. What is your take on how he's going to do when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Um, do we think that this is going to going to hurt uh, Hollywood, or do we think that this is something where the pie grows larger, Hollywood is what he is, and D-Hops maybe just finds his own role? Yeah, it's hard to to, to not think he's going to take some sort of hit once D-Hop is back, right? Uh, I guess it also depends what Hopkins looks like after he comes back. I know. A lot of us just think he's going to kind of resume that elite wide receiver production, you know, wide receiver one, throw him in there. But, you know, it's still yet to be seen. So um, I would definitely dock him a little bit, Hollywood, you know, you know, maybe from not a top 12 guy, maybe the top 15, 20 ish receiver once he's back. But, you know, he's still a guy you're going to be thrown out there every week. Wide receiver two, you know, with spike week. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. Uh, maybe the upside ceiling takes a little hit overall, but yeah, he's going to be fine. I just, I just need the, I just need the Arizona offense to improve in general. And I'm hope, hopeful that a Hopkins presence just increases the size of the pie just in, in general. Like I, I just love to see the consolidation around, you know, Hollywood, Rondale and Hopkins and kind of, and kind of leave it there. And if we need a little bit of earth sprinkled in to make some other people happier or, or whatever, 
but I just, I mean, so, something needs to be fixed in in Arizona. And what I, what I am wor- more worried about is, you know, again, lower cost option than Hollywood or, or Hopkins is the Rondale. He looked great coming back last week. Um, immediately, Greg Dortch went almost to like a zero, or whatever. Uh, Rondale, I think that, you know, I'm going to get it wrong, but I think his A dot went from like 1.3 last year, something around 10 in his first game back. So my, my question more so is, did Rondale ruin Greg Dorch, but then Hopkins is going to now ruin Rondale once Hopkins is back. So like, I, I, I still, I still like the idea of Hollywood for sure. I'm hopeful the pie grows larger, but my bigger risk is like, you know, are all of my sneaky 10th round or whatever uh, Rondale shares just going to be totally dead in the water. When, if, if, if the Cardinals continue to play like they play the first four weeks, uh, I think that that's the more likely outcome there. It, so to me, it's, you won't see a 17 target game for Hollywood. Um, but I right. think that like, right. he's he's solidly a, a, a ten target a game guy, yeah. Um, and I think that Hollywood will will maintain a nice target share. D Hops is interesting because you know you you bring up how he looks when he comes back. By all accounts, he's healthy, and yeah. you know I think that they're and that's his, his metrics his usage uh, well, last year dipped a little bit, the, right? He's on the we don't know what, what the guy was on. I think he was on like the, maybe some SARMs or something like that. I don't think it was yeah. something insane. Um, where is that designer steroids there? So I'm not in the steroid well, game. Can you, can you give a little in depth on what you just said? Listen, listen, listen. you know, I, I, when you go to the gym, when you go to the gym on long Island, you're going to bump heads with a couple people on SARM. Okay. Not, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. You, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not, Chemistry as, not as hardcore as, as you would think, you know? So, Okay. Um, I, I'm hopeful that the D hops is, is going to, uh, is going to come back and, and kind of not necessarily be his old self, but I think he's like a 20% target share guy. Um, I think he can be treated. They, they, in an ideal scenario, you have two wide receiver, two type guys in Hollywood and, and D hops as we'll call him like a wide, a wide receiver three with, you know, right at that borderline. And then Rondo Moore could potentially be a flex. You bring up Rondell Moore with the A dot. It was his first game back. He had like a fifteen percent target share, and he's a guy that the coaching staff has kind of um, been building up all year. Um, Kingsbury is—I would imagine—he's coaching for his job right now. Um, I think that there's there's pressure on him to win, and I think that that offense is going to have to do a little bit better. Zach Ertz has also seen a lot of targets. I think he could also kind of concede some targets when D Hop's comes back. So. We're, we're kind of hopeful with that one. Um, what do you guys? Uh, sorry, Theo. I was gonna say, what, what do you guys think of Kyler though? I just for, I feel like he doesn't start playing right until like the second half starts. Like, what are they doing the first half? We're so heavily invested in Kyler. This hurts too. Oh my god, he's my yeah highest on. I know you guys are yeah are heavy on him. So yeah, it's just maddening to like see these first halves of these games and he's he's not running. I mean, he ran a little bit last week, but. He doesn't Did run. They, have they scored zero points in the first quarter of the games? Is that is that Brutal. still running? Running? They're so like unprepared. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's crazy. It's just, so shout out to Wayne Ellis. Uh, D Hop's target share has shrunk every year. The last three years, it was down to eighteen percent last year. Um, but I agree with Wayne on on your take that Marquise is, is the uh, the alpha there. Um, like eighteen percent, I think would be would be fine though. If he, I think he steps right back into that one. Um, you know. I think, you think he's going to be the alpha. Yeah, I don't know about that. What's that? You think Marquise is going to stay the alpha there? Once Can you once have Hopkins a five-eight alpha. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe maybe it's not maybe it's not necessarily an an 
an alpha per se. I think that maybe on a, you know, a, a, a must convert third down, Kyler might be looking for D hops. But I think at the same time, Hollywood's going to get his 10 targets. So it's, sure. do we look at, do we look at like a, an alpha on volume or do we look at him as like the, a guy who commands big, big game timely targets? So to me, it's kind of like a semantics thing for, for yeah. how are we defining an alpha? At the end of the day, I think if, if you drafted Hollywood Brown where you drafted him, um, you know, and he right now he's wide receiver six overall. I think if he can stay a top 15 yeah. wide receiver, I think you'd probably take that. Would you take that, Andrew? Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that's, yeah. that's realistic. Um, wanted to get to just one or two more offenses here. Um, right now we'll stick with Jacksonville. Christian. Hold on. Hold on. I like, I like that you completely shied away from, from reviewing the rest of our shit team, but let's oh. I want to continue with the offense. No, 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 no. Continue well, with the offenses. I just, I just like that we've moved away from the dude, team. We hit on dubs, man. Do we need to talk about Kadarius Tony? How we have a Kadarius Tony share? Do you and- know how we we didn't take the clock down a lot, guys? I think we took the clock down to like twenty minutes on that pick, and we debated Tony versus what Devonta Smith for forever. Mm-hmm. And oh, I mean, aside from one smash week from Devonta, like that looks like a, a zero versus a zero uh, debate. We had so I mean, much clearly you'd rather have Devonta, but but it was so much stress this summer on that particular debate, Andrew. Yeah, me yeah. and you, me and you went back and forth on Devonta versus Kadarius Tony multiple times over, where we're yeah. just like, which one of these second year wide receivers is the one to get? Devonta Smith has had his massive smash game, but the problem with that is he was doing it on people's benches. Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree, yeah. Devonta Smith, that that smash game, I, I don't. I, and shout out to Fantasy Mojo if you're listening. And I'm not sure where you will even pull this up at this point, but what percent of FFPC main event teams started Devonta Smith in his 30 point game? I bet you it was 10. percent Like it's got to be super duper low. So um, well, he, had a, he had a zero right prior the prior week. So right. Yeah. The 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 <laughs> first the first week. That's kind of another takeaway this this year is. Oh, no, no. Sorry. He had a zero to f- the first week. He scored, like, I think 15 fantasy points in week two. Yeah. So he probably was in a decent amount of lineups week three. That's when he had yeah. that massive week. I guess you're right on that one. Um, I don't think that there was – I think people were still not kind of over over the, the moon with the bounce back, though. Um, I, the And the first week was also the, the Jeffo Okuda – who's been shutting everybody down yeah. and we didn't even know about that. And then after what he did that to Justin Jefferson, people were like, Oh, by the way, he was defending Devonta Smith. We're like, Oh, thank you. That, <laughs> that knowledge would have been, would have been great week one when we actually started Devonta Smith. But, um, why would you put him on Devonta Smith and not AJ Brown? But, but who knows what people are thinking? Um, okay. So hold, hold on before the offenses, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Fields, totally agree. Romeo dubs. Great pick. We can talk about that, or I just one last thing before we move on to just other more positive. Is our team dead? Because no. I got to tell you guys, I love saying not dead yet when my bets are still alive. I think our team's fine. At I don't. The end think, of the day, I don't think we're dead. I just think we're, we're dead. And I'm not trying to like. We're we're used to having successful teams. It's hard to deal with the early adversity, and I'm. It's 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 difficult, but I think I don't think it's dead. I think we've got some guys that are sending. Also, throw out. We have Greg Dulcich, who's super interesting to me right now. Um, mm-hmm. Dulcich as a guy because Albert Okwikbunum had one snap last week. 
Like, yeah. no, not dead yet, Wayne. No, don't say not dead. dead not dead yet. Wayne, not, not dead yet. yet. Wayne, we're not quite dead. We have – and Wayne, I'll bring this up. We have Jamal Williams. Um, Andrew Andrew was not a fan of the handcuffing, but you're a of the handcuffing now, Andrew. Shelly. Shelly was not a fan of the handcuff. I think Guilds was – Well, the, the funny – Guilds, of course. Um, the funny but, part about this draft of ours, I mean, we got Gibson late, right? He's been fine so far. And now we got Williams in there, and it's like we missed on, like, the receivers that we went, went for early. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Well, we we got hurt. We got hurt by Lance, Lance Swift. Yeah, Lance yeah. Swift on injuries, and then Kittle and whatever. Okay, Ayuk. Ayuk's been disappointing. I mean, let's be honest. Debo. I mean, Debo's Debo. That guy's a stud. It's uh, like Ayuk. I don't know if he's ever going to be much of anything. He might just. This be was like, mean, Joe. This was a, this was not a nice tweet, Joe. I, that was I didn't like that at all. That was. That, <laughs> but that, Joe, Joe that Detroit. Was. Detroit uh, is leading the league in yardage, and Detroit <laughs> uh, is averaging twenty eight points a game. So. We'll, we'll, we'll be happy to have the Detroit starting running back every single week unless Jamal Williams goes down because we do not have Craig Reynolds on this team. Okay, so, one, last, one last stupid thing. How bad have we botched our tight end, too, with the amount of fab money and dumb fad money that we've poured into Kylan Granson and Jawan Johnson and Dolan? We just made an absolute mockery of the tight end. Well, that just shows you how bad Kittle is, right, that we're, ser- yeah. we're searching for a tight end. <laughs> After taking, you know, ours in round three, it's just an indictment on, on Kittle. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Looking for anything to throw in that spot. Oh, so funny. Okay. Um, right. shout, out, shout out Joe King. I guess it was it was a quote. Um, yeah, but when you when you when you type it out, it it, it kind of hurts more. Yeah, when I have to read it, it hurts. Um, <laughs> but but basically, uh, I don't think we're dead. And I and I was I was having this conversation um, with with Andrew Geller, not Schellenberg, before the show about how a lot of team, a lot of leagues right now, you look at some of these two and two teams, they're not dead. These these the points are are very very um, kind of bunched together on a lot of my high stakes leagues right now, where guys are kind of closer to one another. Than maybe in years past. I think that a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, how we do on the waiver wire, yeah. um, and, and lineup decisions. I think also are a big, big factor um, this year. I think that a lot of times just making smart and calculated uh, picks up off the waiver wire and using those guys versus maybe using a guy that's been on your bench, things like that are going to help you. I mean, people who picked up Josh Reynolds last week. Um, making little little like mm-hmm. micro changes to your lineup, I think are, are gonna go a long way. Cause again, one usually one team runs away with it. Um, but then there's other teams who are gonna get into the playoffs and you see a lot of funny things happen late in the season if you just can get there. So yeah. um this team will we'll keep grinding. Uh we don't want to really give away our waiver wire strategy, but maybe for for home leagues tonight, um what what do you guys think? And I know we're all in some home leagues as well. Um, I'm in two two Yahoo leagues that are competitive. Where do you think Mike Boone goes in like a regular 15 man league? 12? 15? 12, yeah. Yeah, 15, I think 15% ish, something like oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. You said 15 person league. I, I got I got hung up well, on 15, numbers. 15. So we played 20. I'm usually we talk about 20, 20 man leagues. Not not fifteen owners, not some not some like weirdo like you know. <laughs> no, I'm in a twelve man, a twelve team PPR league, like a normal league. Okay. <laughs> I'm all I'm all the way back in. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, probably 20%. And I, I don't know if I'm willing to spend it on my spoon. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you've got to have a price enforced bid. My guess is like I would, I would do some price enforcing. Um, you're, you're asking how much he will go for or how much yeah. he should go for. I think oh, very different. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think in, for teams that are desperate now, they see that they'll, they'll throw a two, 300 on them, I think 20, 30%. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Murray's there now too. He's going to muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not, first of all, that whole offense looks, like garbage, right? So, I don't know. To me, I, I wouldn't put more than maybe ten percent if you're desperate. I guess if you really have nothing, maybe a little higher. But that's not a guy I'm I'm going big on. To me, and also it's also Nathaniel Hackett who wasn't playing wasn't playing Javante Williams like we would have used Javante Williams, right? So like right. we're kind of like asking for you He's know third stringer now. Yeah, we're asking for rational coaching in a place where there's <laughs> you know not a whole lot of it. Um, what's your guys' take on on Cortland Sutton? Um, maybe I'm gonna go quick round robin on guys who've gotten good starts. Sutton is now wide receiver 11. Um, it seems like his arrow is kind of pointing up. He's 16 points a game. Uh, do you think that that he's gonna finish as a, a wide receiver one? Do you think he can climb up a little bit? I am two two brink brink of one, but I, I think he's squarely in the the two. And and for now in this season, the way it's gone, I think that that's a great spot to be. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the arrow is up. With him. I mean, you're seeing him dominate there, the, the targets. And I think Russell's only going to get more comfortable as we move along. I mean, they've looked terrible, you know, early on. But, uh, yeah, I have no no questions on Sun. I mean, he's an alpha. He's he's going to be a fine, you know, lineups. Maybe top that 20, could be, top 15-ish. That could be what kind of forces um, Russell Wilson to kind of get going here is the fact that Javante Williams is out. It could be a running back by committee. Maybe you're going to see more targets for the wide receivers. And I think Sutton Sutton would be a guy that if I'm a contender on a dynasty team, I'm kicking the tires at the, the Sutton uh, manager just because he's a, a little bit older, not quite like that young, exciting level. And I think he could really return some investment there. Um, Andrew, Christian Kirk is off to a fast start. Um, he's a guy that we don't have a whole lot of. Um, what's your thought on him? Uh, we'll start out with Schellenberg. You're, you're the Jacksonville guy. Yeah. I think if you're in a Theo's 15 team league, I think he could probably be wide receiver 15 and probably a wide receiver one for you. But again, I, I think that he, to me is solidly in that. And maybe, maybe if you made a list, I'd have 36 wide receiver twos, but maybe that's just the way the situation. I think, I think he's established himself as like a firm wide receiver two. I think that you feel great about starting him. Um, obviously, that didn't work out against a, a good Eagles pass defense this past week, but a, a lot of extenuating circumstances there with rain and, and you know, whatever shitty, shitty, you know, shitty ball handling uh, with uh, with you know being able to hold, hold on the ball in the rain. But uh, I, I think he's firm, firmly interested there. I think you feel good. Um, I just don't know if the Jaguars quite have the explosiveness to make you think that he's got some kind of um, unknown ceiling that gets you up into the top twelve. Um, over a, a full year uh, of football. Geller, anything that? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel similar to Shelley there. I mean, I, I, I do like Kirk a lot. I think, uh, you know, he's getting fed targets every week. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the obvious obvious number one there. Um, and we've seen Lawrence kind of just improve. I know last week was rough, like you said, but 
I mean, I think the sky's the limit for him as we move forward. I think that offense is going to get better every week. So I love Kirk. You know, as long as, if he's getting that volume, you know, on a weekly basis, he's going to be easily a top 15, 20 receiver. And he was yeah. going he was going so cheap in drafts. I mean, he's going to be one of the better bargains of yeah. all receivers Definitely. at the end of the year. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne McFarlane tweeted that out. He was like, if you were drafting like a perfect draft, you know, Kirk, you could have gotten in the sixth round an awful lot. Um, and, and he's he's on a lot of winning teams right now. So yeah, it's Later just funny even, yeah. the the Jaguars get like panned for for spending all this money on all these free agents. And um, you know, Christian Kirk has been so impactful, and also Zay Jones has looked good. So they they I mean, right now it looks like people maybe should not have have been so quick to judge. Um, I think it was more based on the amount of money they spent, but those guys seem like great fits. Um, I just wanted to to go over. We have Romeo Dubs. Are we? What do we think we're going to see from from Romeo Dubs? Um, I think it's kind of polarizing right now. I, I'm to me, I'm seeing a guy that that I want to have in my lineup. Is that how you guys are seeing it, or are you? Yeah. Any apprehension? Well, I think I think he's on the cusp of like the wide receiver four, wide receiver five in a line. I think he's certainly on the brink of lineup decisions. Um, I think that if you're putting him in, I think that he's got good upside. Uh, I I like that Rodgers has made some concerted efforts to get him the ball. I know he didn't hang on to that potentially what game winning touchdown last week, but it, it looked good. Rodgers threw a good ball. I think you know Dubs was in a in a good spot. Just didn't you know obviously get it to the ground. I I, I like the idea of being someone being attached to Rodgers that hasn't completely alienated Rodgers yet. Um, you know he's run, running good routes, looks good. I mean I you know the design play for Christian Watson for the run. Um, uh, the, the running score there was, was cool, uh, for Watson, but I, I think that dub seems to be a real passing threat, uh, for the Packers. So I, I like having them in lineups. Um, if that's, if that's kind of where your draft structure and I guess, uh, wear and tear of the season has led you. Yeah, I think he's, and Shelly summed it up nice. I mean, you get eight targets back to back weeks, touchdowns in, in each week, and could have had a third one there. So I mean, Rogers clearly is, is looking for him. He's comfortable yeah. with him. And, you know, who else is there? To, you know, he, he could be the, the guy there. So, uh, yeah, wheels up for sure. I mean, Dubs is a guy, you know, you got him in rounds 11, 12 later on in drafts. I mean, you're loving that. I mean, he's easily, to me. He, he looks big, too. Yeah, he looks he, he looks very good to me. Yeah. Like he looks, yeah. He looks talented, and he looks like a guy who's kind of ascending right now. So, um that's that's one I'm buying into. Um, I know there's, you know, Alan, Alan Lazard people, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Dubs would be the wide receiver I would want in Green Bay. And I just want to – I know we've hit the hour mark. What are your guys' thoughts on the Pittsburgh offense with Kenny Pickett taking over? Taking over? Are we – basically our thoughts on Pickens and our thoughts on Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I'm bullish on Pittsburgh moving forward. I could not believe Trubisky. I even tweeted it before they pulled him. I'm like, there's no way he could start the second half of this game right here. And sure enough, you know, I'm not, you know, a psychic or nothing, but Pickett came in right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, this kid, he's got, I like, he's got a nice arm. He's, yeah. you could tell he's aware in the pocket. I mean, it's it's a it's a plus for everyone on that team. Trubisky was just, I mean, he's he's Baker esque. He might be worse than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, um, which is saying a lot, but yeah, I mean, I still I mean, wouldn't upgrade Deontay hugely because I do think he's going to take a hit. You know, Big Ben just threw to him every every snap essentially, but 
Uh, I think Pickens, the whole offense probably takes a boost moving forward. We, we said it all offseason that, you know, Pickens rhymes with Higgins, but it also rhymes with Pickett. So uh, wheel, wheel, wheels up for Pickens here. There you go. 100% with you guys. I, I think it's exciting time to have George Pickens. You've kind of been waiting for it, and you saw it last game, and um, he's he's a beast. And I think that that, that offense could support two wide receivers. Um, you know, I know that some people are worried about Deontay Johnson. I think he'll get that points per game up. Yeah. Um, he's a very, very good player. Um, I just wonder why you wouldn't have Pickett make his debut against the Jets in a, in a winnable game instead of having him, you know, make his first start against uh, Buffalo as a 14-point dog. It just seems like in hindsight, it was it was bad process by Tomlin there. I could see that. I, I think they saw what they what they had. Trubisky was doing. I mean, I, I was watching a bunch of that game, and he was just awful, like horrific. Yeah. Like they yeah. had no chance with him. So to me, they were trying to win that game. I feel like, and, and they couldn't do it with Trubisky. So they're like, "Fuck it, let's put the rookie in and see what he can do." <laughs> well, I like that too. He was willing to make mistakes. I mean, I know, like, I mean, I don't think that there should be like grand expectations for the Steelers. So, like, I don't think it should matter. But I like the idea of at least. You know, Pickett was willing to make the you know the three interceptions, even though he was trying to make a play. And I, I again, I, I don't think I didn't watch. I will admit, hand up, did did not watch the game. But from what I you know saw in terms of like the interceptions and where the 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 blame lie, you know, as I understand the situation, like you know, it was a lot on you know the receivers or, or whatever. And so I'm I like the idea of rookie quarterbacks coming in, willing to make a play, and not just being like a just absolute coward or whatever. Like Trubisky, like not willing to like force throws oh. um, down the field, and and so I, I think that we should be again. I, I'm not going to label him a gunslinger, but I like the idea of someone who is willing to make an effort to get the ball, even if they see a tight window on the receivers. And so I think for that alone, we should be encouraged about the Pittsburgh pass catchers. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm I'm excited. I'm again. We're talking about uh, going from just horrendous to. Slightly less horrible, but I think that uh, at least being able to support a second pass catcher is good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. What about Claypool, though? I mean, is Claypool just dead? Like, what happened to Claypool here? We Claypool's had high for him. I think, I think Claypool's dead because I think that at the end of the day, um, Pickens is, is going to continue to move forward. And and you also have to factor in Pat Fryermuth, um right now is, is a top, yeah. you know, top eight tight end. Um, so I don't, I don't see Claypool having any kind of consistency – Unless there's an injury to uh, Deontay Johnson or or Pickens uh, moving forward, so he, he looks so good though his rookie year. I mean, you thought the sky was the limit. Oh with my him, gosh, right? I, I, yeah. I, love, I love Claypool, but at the end of the day, I think that for whatever reason, it just it just isn't happening. And they used to pick on Pickens, and I think that's kind of all she all she wrote for Claypool. Yeah, Deontay Johnson commands targets, and now you have another you know very good player there. And you also have the fact that, like we said, Fryermuth um, is a is a weekly weekly target guy. So um, sn- shout out to Snooze. My God, if Claypool just got moved to tight end, I mean, we're we're standing on our head to get him right now, though. That would be, <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing. That's true. Um, and shout out to Joe King. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't like Claypool. I, I think I might agree with that. I mean, he's had. You saw the the penalty. He was. They were in hurry up mode to end the season last year. And he was slow getting to the line. I mean, yeah. all kinds of bad, bad signs there. Um, that's, that's a guy. That's a guy I could see kind of go to a different scene, different team, and kind of 
you know, reboost his career, if you will, because there's there's talent there. You know, he's a big guy. He could run. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't be this. You know, he could know. be he could be next year's Zay Jones. I mean, there you for, go. Yeah, there you go. go. So, guys, we're, we're at a, we're at an hour oh seven. Um, any updates with the baseball team? Any 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 good good uh, things happen since? We Manaya is not doing too bad. I got some guys still creeping up on me in the standing, so it's definitely getting a little more uncomfortable, but we'll see. I still feel good. You know, nice. we'll see this time tomorrow. We'll see what that looks like, but yeah, it's going. All right. Two, two, two other nonsenses. One, I need to share with you guys a dead body. Uh, the, the, this is, this is a screenshot of my main event in football guys teams this past week. Just like a, absolute, just horror show uh, of, of main events. That's that's just it's just horrible. It just uh, this this was ours the the one twenty two point three to one twenty five point seven. If only Lawrence hadn't fumbled the ball and thrown an interception, five different turnovers or a uh, kid will drag the foot. Andrew, okay. you also have a one hundred nine point six to one hundred eight point five five loss. Um, and but, but yeah, but look, look, no, the worst is the, the eighty five. What the what what is that? I need to go back. Yeah, that's, I'll tell you that, what, my with my teams, it's definitely not off to the start. I I would like, but. I'm finding like my points scored is pretty solid, but I got just smashed by the by the schedule. I have like a lot of one and three teams that are like four seeds, and you don't ever want to close off you know the one avenue to get in the, into the dance, right? With the record, that's right. So you don't want to have to rely on getting in on on points only. Nice. So one and three, you know, to me one and four is the death knell in, in the twelve week season. So yeah. you're up against it right now. After one and three, you, you know, you don't want to like I said close the door on the record, but you might have to sooner than later. Just yeah. keep scoring. Yeah. All right. What my one last nonsense is, Guilds, what's your favorite Twitter gif that you like describing either trolling somebody or uh or or championing something? Is it the is it the high dive belly flop? Is that's it the Ace Ventura? Like what's yeah, your, what's, your, what's what's your favorite go-to gif? I feel uh, like that, yeah. That's kind of my signature is the the face plant into the water there. And I remember <laughs> when I first did that, it got like a huge response. I'm like I don't know what I, I searched for something like, you know, face, you know, face plant, belly flop, water, and that just popped up. I'm like, this is perfect. This and, is then I, and then I just put it up there and, you know, there, it got a big crowd reaction there. But I probably, that's probably my go-to. Anytime one of my pitchers gets yes, bombed. It's, it's, the, it's the pitchers get bombed that you that's do that. It, yeah. Yes. That's, that's my go-to. Yeah. So. I uh, love it. All right. Thanks awesome. for indulging my nonsense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. This was This was a lot of fun. Uh, the Goat District will be back Thursday night. We have Pete Overzet coming on for a tailgate show. That should be a lot of fun. I think we're starting at 7.15. We'll tweet it out. Um, Andrew Andrew Geller, great, really, really best of luck. Uh, crush it tonight. Crush it tomorrow. We're, we're all pulling for you. Andrew Schellenberg, I will be texting you tomorrow for our for our waiver wire. Yeah. Um, we're going to get after it. We're going to keep grinding. Good luck to everybody. Um, good luck to everybody in the chat with your waiver wire bids this week. Let's all keep grinding. Let's all have a great season. Have but a good most night. of all, guilds. Go guilds. Go guilds. Go guilds. Go guilds. One, time. One, time. One, One time. time. One 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 time.